Okay, so something we're asking you to do is if you had to write your Wikipedia bio, what would it say? It doesn't need to stay specific to hockey. Just what would your Just bio say sentences. in like two sentences? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I've ever. Um... <laughs> I've never really read Wikipedia. Like a, <laughs> it's no. just like a, it's like I an know encyclopedia it is, yeah. entry. Yeah. I think you have a page if you I ever do, want no, to I take do, a look at it. Nahal from accounting has talked to me about my page. Oh really? He, he, he told me he was reading things about, it and I said, "Well, that's not even true." It, like, <laughs> that that is not. That's that, really funny. That's, I said, and that and, and then I said, "That's that that information has expired." So like, there's like talks about. My second wife, which, <laughs> and, and it's like I think this maybe is this better is, than a Wikipedia bio. To be yeah, I think maybe we got it. I, I think, think that we got worked it. perfect. This is Jock Calendar, and you're listening to the Monsters iView podcast. to episode number four of the Monsters Eye View podcast. Alongside Nicole Del Villano, I'm Tony Brown, and we have some very, very exciting news for the podcast. I hope exciting news for all the listeners out there. We have a title sponsor now. Yes, we do. This is big stuff, Nicole. It is. It was exciting to get it done, and I'll let you announce uh, announce the news, who it is. Well, you know what? I think I might just go ahead and take that opportunity. It's, of course, uh, the Monsters Eye View podcast now proudly presented by our friends, at PropSwap. So yeah. thanks to the fine folks at PropSwap for coming aboard. This is big. It's big. It's a lot of added pressure now. we got to impress them with our podcast. So Yeah, apparently someone has listened to the podcast. <laughs> uh, this is news to me. PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports. Thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. Go to PropSwap.com and download the free PropSwap app. Uh, let's start today's show, uh, first of all, by teasing our guest. And uh, a great guest. I mean, mm-hmm. for you and me, this is sort of just like recording our office banter. Pretty because much. Because we sit, you and then me and then Jock all in a row. But our guest today, the fantastic, I mean, really name name a thing in the front office and Jock is involved in it. But uh, yes. the vice president of hockey affairs and team services, color analyst on the broadcast, Cleveland hockey legend. I think we're contractually obligated to put that in there. But the great Jock Calendar, if you haven't guessed, is our guest today. So looking forward to that conversation uh, or at least looking forward to you guys hearing it, I thought it was uh, it's just a lot of fun as usual. It was so much fun. It was great. I feel like we just need to set up something to just record all of our conversations at our desk now, and we'll just do in it like once a month. It is just Jock and Jock conversations. It was so good. It would be too much editing for me. I'm sorry, far too much <laughs> editing. Anyway, uh, so we'll hear from Jock in just a minute. Let's start the show with just a brief rundown of the recent uh, Monsters games. Of course, we're recording this on December the second, so uh, coming into a, a three-game home stand coming up mm-hmm. against Milwaukee and Grand Rapids coming off a stretch of three straight games against the Toronto Marlies. The Monsters played really well. I mean, they were able to claim victory in two out of those three games fell in the third in overtime up in Toronto uh, at Coca-Cola Coliseum. But uh, the Monsters uh, when all is said and done with those three games, 9-3, 2-3 23 points, alone in second in the North Division. And, uh, you know, that Toronto team's a pretty good club. Those 
those were three rock-solid performances for Cleveland to take five out of six points. Yeah, they were great. I mean, you know, you can name a whole bunch of things that were just amazing during all those performances, but I think, obviously, um, we got to see our first stretch of Tarasov taking a couple games uh, back-to-back, essentially, instead of swapping out the goalies. And uh, Brendan Gauntz, you know, came out of those first two games and he had his uh, AHL Player of the Week title. Yeah, he did great. They Everyone did great, but those are definitely two big bright spots on it. You nailed it. Uh, Brendan Gauntz has been outstanding uh, last year in Sweden, but a veteran player on the team this year, playing with uh, Tyler Angle for the most part on that top line, and now Trey Fix Wolanski mm-hmm. coming in too. Just uh, great to watch him sort of come into uh, his own this season. Of course, we've seen what he's been able to do in his career, but especially playing with those two young guys on his wings, uh, something's clicking right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And another one, you know, like I said, we can honestly mention everyone, but I think we have to talk about um, Stenland definitely finding a groove too. He had uh, that one game with three assists, and I know I pulled his one goal from Toronto. I think our overtime loss is one of our top five plays of the month because it was just perfection. Yes, he is playing with a lot of confidence uh, back here in Cleveland on assignment from the Mm -hmm. Blue Jackets. Another guy, like, I don't know how we can go so long not talking about Jake Christensen, but his production has just been outstanding. He had a plus five game. He followed it up with a plus four game last week, 17 points. He's leading the team in scoring. He's now not just among the defensive scoring leaders, in the league, but he's up there top 10 in points in the league last I looked. So um, just an outstanding season on the back end from uh, a young guy who uh, was a rookie last year and this year. To me, I mean, he looks like an all-star. Yeah, he's doing great. I know I've noticed uh, Columbus picking up a lot of stuff, talking about how well he's doing too. But I mean, even looking at it, talking to him after the home game and they all had the same mentality, but for him, it's just doing what's best for the team. Everything's team mentality and that's his main focus. And you just can't say enough about someone performing that well and just know knowing exactly what he's performing for. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. Uh, it's definitely the straw that stirs the drink offensively mm-hmm. right now, if I can borrow a phrase. Uh, Jay Christensen's been fantastic. All right, with that, let's take a quick break now. On the other side, our guest, Jock Callender, will join us. This is the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap with Nicole DelVolano. Tony Brown here with you. More after these messages. Hey, Monsters fans, if you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Sellers across America list their sports bets for sale on PropSwap, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average PropSwapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Go to PropSwap.com and download the free PropSwap app. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the, what, fourth edition of the Monsters Eye View podcast. We are presented by PropSwap. That's a big development. We're really excited to have them on board. Alongside Nicole DelVolano, Tony Brown here with you. And uh, we've got a great guest today. Our guest is the one and only Jock Calendar, Senior Vice President, or just Vice President of Hockey Affairs and Team Services. I don't know. I think it's just Vice President. I don't think I'm senior yet. Not senior yet? I'm still in my 30s. So. Gave, you a little, gave you a little too much credit there. Uh, anyway. <laughs> 
uh, Cleveland hockey legend, broadcast partner, uh, Jock Calendar, kind enough to carve out a few minutes for us today. And uh, Nicole, I, I don't know where to start here other than, Jock, how about we start with your role with the team a little bit, just for folks who might not know. Uh, you've been working with the Monsters really since uh, the get-go here. You're one of the employees that's been around all 15 years. And uh, when you first took the job, team, uh, team services, hockey affairs, hockey operations, kind of a new thing for you. But man, it's uh, one of the most intricate roles in the entire front office. Yeah, so I actually started almost a year before the team started playing games, and I did a lot of uh, reaching out to youth hockey organizations and some community relations stuff and just learning things. But I did have the break of doing some of the travel stuff and stuff uh, when I worked for the Cleveland Barons under Michael Mudd. He was uh, he did all the travel and stuff, but he, he taught me and let me do some stuff. So uh, I started learning that stuff then. And so that's that's my main job is the, the travel, but there's so many things, jerseys, um, liaison between Columbus, uh, uh, babysitting the players, <laughs> whatever their needs are, and, and the staff, helping the staff out, just trying to trying to make things uh, more comfortable for them and easier access. So. so part of your job, we saw up in Columbus, they hired Aaron Johnson to sort of be the guy to help um, players with all the requests, but you do that for us, right? Do you help them get to concerts and all that stuff if they want to do it in the city when they can? Yeah, in town here, but I, I know some of the NHL uh, team services guys on the road, they'll set guys up for restaurant reservations and things like that. Here at home, I do like concerts, Cavs games. Yeah, things like that, and help help the players out with that stuff, or you know, some of the uh, some of the European guys getting their licenses, uh, driver's license, and things like that, and sort of try to lead guys uh, when they're getting places of where to go. But a lot of times now, as you know, we have veterans here that have lived here and stuff, so they they kind of talk to those guys. Mm-hmm. But some of the younger guys, they'll they'll ask me, and then I'll lead them in the right direction. So I know, um, obviously, from working with you, but how did you originally get into working after you? retired and everything I actually coached right out of out of playing I was assistant coach here for the last year of the lumberjacks um, it was Minnesota's farm team and then Minnesota moved to Houston and I went down there for a season and coached and partway through the season I realized that uh, with my kids here being young that uh, I needed to be back here so I um, I let Minnesota know that I would finish the season out and then I would not be back. So so then I came here, and uh, the Barons did hire me not long after the start of that next season, just in a community relations role. Uh, that's where Mike Mike Mudd had hired me and uh, and Mike Lear at that time, and, and then Mike uh, had me help him in some things, but my main role was community relations, and I did some uh, youth hockey sales and stuff like that, so got into the sales <laughs> uh, part of the game. So so really, I mean, you, you've had, your when you, when you fold in the broadcasting and stuff like that, you've been involved in really every aspect of the front office you know just uh, how much did that I guess change your perspective coming from a player's perspective I know we've talked about this before players show up to the dressing room everything's there for them they just sort of expect uh, everything to happen but there's a whole lot of dedicated people that have to make all those things happen whether it's in the locker room in the front office etc so in the early days of working sort of behind the scenes how did that change your perspective on the whole business yeah I had a lot of respect for the office people after learning and as a player like you said 
said. And it, it was different back then. There wasn't as big office staff, and there wasn't as much uh, the office did back when I was early, in my early years especially. We had like two, three people, the sales, mostly just salespeople. And then a lot of times one of the assistant coaches would handle the travel, and the travel was a little simpler back then. I actually, as a player assistant coach, the one year we were affiliated with Tampa, I, I did the busing, uh, the bus schedule back then. But, um, yeah, I really realized once I saw the hours and the work the front office did, you, you just don't realize when you're a player. You don't, you don't understand. And I did have one experience in this summer for probably about two weeks um, when I first signed f- into Cleveland. Larry Gordon was our owner, and I have known him for years in Muskegon. And so he goes at the end of the year, you, when are you starting in the front office? And I said, what do you mean front office? <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, part of your contract." I said, "No." I said, "We, I do, you know, autograph signing, I go golf outings, I do, you know, any charity events for you during the summer." And he said, "No, look at the fine print." <laughs> so, so I think he was just goofing with me, but it was actually in there once I read it. <laughs> so, so I went in the office for about two weeks, and then I walked into his office, and I said, "If you if you want me to be at my best next year, I need to be able to work out and stuff. And there's no way I'm working eight-hour days in the office." And, right. And trying to work out and be ready for the season so that was that was the end of the two weeks in in some ways I wish I would have done some more time just to learn more but at that time my focus was was hockey my kids were young so if I worked a full day and then went home at night I you know would have been with my kids and so that was my office story (laughs) we're talking here with uh, Cleveland hockey legend Jock Callender he's of course the VP of hockey affairs and team services for the monsters Uh, takes care of everything that fans out there might not realize needs to be taken care of more often than not. That's Jock making sure that stuff is organized. The Monsters Eye View podcast, of course, presented by our friends at PropSwap. Jock, let's transition now. You mentioned, uh, you know, your playing career a little bit there. Let's talk about some stories from your playing days. Of course, we know uh, you were with the Lumberjacks for many years before that, uh, playing uh, in Muskegon in the Pittsburgh organization. Um, And Nicole, I think you have some breaking news here you'd like to admit to the listeners. I do. I am a Penguins fan. So let's Let's talk about how we're all doing these get to know your coworker better things last summer and Jock's doing his slideshow and then pulls up a photo of him with the Stanley Cup and Jock, you can let us know who else was in that photo with you. So there was uh, Mario Lemieux, Yarmer Jagger, Larry Murphy, three <laughs> Hall of Famers, and then the late Bob Johnson's wife and my two line mates from Muskegon who got called up in the playoffs, Dave McKaylick and Mike Needham, so that uh, I have that picture up in my office at home. I don't know who followed you after that presentation, but I remember sending around a little group chat being like, good luck to whoever's up next after following that. <laughs> well, let's talk about, uh, of course, you had uh, a good chunk of time, a couple of years, late 80s with Pittsburgh, leading into uh, the big uh, sort of memorable time you spent with them in their march to the Stanley Cup in the early 90s. So let's go back to those days a little bit. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording here um, how you got the news, how you were being called up to Pittsburgh in that run, where you were at the time. Quite a situation. You, you almost had mixed feelings going up. Yeah, so we were in Kansas City getting ready for game one of the Turner Cup finals. Kansas City was one of the better teams in the league that year, and we had really put things together in the playoffs. We were rolling, and we were at a at a restaurant having a pregame meal, and uh, in walks Phil Russell, our coach at the time, and he said... Uh, 
to Mike Needham and myself, you guys, you guys are going up um, to Pittsburgh the night before uh, Mario Lemieux had broke his hands in the infamous uh, or the famous right. Adam Graves slash, of course, and Joey Mullen had blown out his knee. So we got called up, and you know we're thinking, you know, we got a good chance winning the Turner Cup here. In Pittsburgh, the Rangers were favored to begin with; they were favored to win the Cup that year. And you lose Mario Lemieux and Joey Mullen to your top six. Yeah. Then you're thinking, we'll go there and we'll be back in a week and we'll, we'll be behind, you know, in this series. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a little torn, but uh, everything turned out great. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So so just what was that like? I mean, you're dropped into a dressing room. I mean, sure, maybe you have some relationships with a lot of the people that are there already, but, you know, they're in the midst of their run to a championship and then you show up and you want to contribute. But what's it like as a player coming into that environment where the cake's kind of already baked and then you're you're there too? Well, I mean, I had been up and down for for six years like you know, played 30 40 games so i knew a lot of the guys pretty right. good and uh there was a few guys that were added um you know talk it and uh francis and and things that i didn't know mm-hmm. as of yet but everyone was great and you know i got a, a, a fair bit of ice time um in that ranger series especially and then the next one in boston but you know so i was able to play all the rest of the games the rest of the, the rest of the, the year so that was awesome yeah i i just can't imagine what a cool experience that was uh being a part of a team like that and now there's a famous story that i gotta ask you about now i've heard this story before a couple of times but i'm pretty sure you have not heard this right Nicole? i have not heard this story and we all for you guys know we all sit in a row all right next to each other so we all like trade stories pretty often but the story we're about to hear will be my first time hearing it all right so let's initiate both the audience and nicole to the awesome story of uh it involves a stanley cup parade and a wristwatch go ahead jack so uh, stanley cup parades in uh, three rivers mm-hmm. we tr- we're in cars i'm with my uh two buddies mike needham and dave mckaylick lumberjacks legend dave mckaylick yeah who got called up the game after mike and i did so the next game bob erie got hurt so he got called up so all three of us played the in the that playoff so we're in a car and you're driving around the outfield and high-fiving fans right and i had a watch and I hardly ever wore watches but I had a, a watch on that we had gotten um the year before we played played the Russian uh, one of the Russian teams okay and it was from the PHPA it was a, it's a watch so yeah and so and uh, you know it, it goes off my hand <laughs> off my arm and away it goes and uh you know so I'm talking to Troy Loney and tell him my watch is gone and we're up on the on the stage at Three Rivers and uh you know, guys are getting up and talking to the fans, and right. uh, you know Mario, the coaches, and Troy got up and talked, and then he said, "And if, please, whoever has Jock Callender's watch, <laughs> um, could you could you put it uh, at the ready?" So the hotel I played, it stayed at the Ramada all the time. Of this, I guess I think it was six years that I was up and down. Um, there was only one time I actually had a place of my own. Uh, the rest of the time I was in the team apartment, which was the the Ramada Inn. Ruddy, uh, the Ruddy Duck was the restaurant downstairs. But. <laughs> so sure enough, uh, that night the desk calls me and they had the watch. So that person, oh that person, it was obviously an accident. They did, I don't think they took it on purpose, but it just kind of when everyone's <laughs> grabbing your arm as you're high fiving and, and it just came off. So I just love that. You know, you're celebrating a championship. Hey, thanks for coming. By the way, if anyone out there has Jock's watch, please drop it off you know at that the Ruddy person. Duck restaurant. <laughs> you know that person was just in the crowd, like looking down, looking around to see like who's paying attention to him that he has the watch. <laughs> oh, great stuff, Jocko. Uh, let's talk just uh, just a touch about this year's Monsters team too. You know, I want to get your thoughts on, on uh, you know, a, a situation with the coach 
coaching staff that we've talked about quite a bit. We know that Coach Eves has had a, a couple of uh, things he's been working through, and in his absence from some of these games, Trent Vogelhuber and Mark Letestu have teamed up and, and done a nice job sort of holding the team together. What are your thoughts on, on uh, the job that those two young guys have done stepping in and, and stepping up a little bit for the team? Yeah, a, a great job, and, uh, you know, it's it's not easy <laughs> running a team, and uh, neither one have had head coaching experience you know Vogie's had some experience now with uh, with Mike and and actually uh, John Madden and, and Steve McCarthy so he, yep. he learned a lot in the last few years and and Testy's played a long time he's you know yep. so he's learned from different coaches and a lot of good coaches he's played in under the NHL so the knowledge is there but it's still it's still not easy to just get up in front of the team and be confident in what you're saying and what you're doing but these guys are you know they're on the ball they're um they're doing a great job not only that but a great uh, group of players who we all know we've worked with them the last five years or so uh you know good chunk of veteran returners to this year's team in the leadership group but also outside the formal leadership group guys not wearing letters etc but how impressed have you been with the way that guys like you know brett gallant dylan simpson justin scott how they have uh, stepped up you know evolved over their careers and now stepped up to be the real drivers of this team yeah it's great to see you know we've got like you said a great leadership but we have a lot of young good young guys a good mix of talent chris clark's done a good job building this team and uh you know it's 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 funny you know, like justin scott you know when he first came here right. i would have never thought of him as a as an assistant captain but he he's grown into a real leader like he's he's uh like he does a lot of good things and a lot does a really good job leading this team and uh it just goes to show you that you know kids mature and they they pick things up and and he's one example that you see he's picked up a lot over over the last few years you know you mentioned uh justin but who else sort of stood out to you that you've been enjoying watching them grow not only on the ice with their game but maybe off the ice these last few years well i mean dylan's always been been a leader type like so he, he wasn't always the captain but he he was he's always been a leader and uh enjoyed uh watching him and and seeing how he works with the kids and stuff but uh there's there's quite a few guys that uh have impressed me uh you know, this year Tarasov has played really well, and and JF uh, has helped a lot. And we knew GF a few years ago, so it was good to see him come back. When we're unfortunate enough to lose Kivy, and uh, the the uh, goaltending ranks were shortened, but um, you know it was good to see a good veteran goaltender come back, and he's done a good job. And I'm trying to think of some of the guys from the past years that uh, we've watched grow here. You know, <laughs> one we talk about a lot is um, what are your thoughts right now? fix coming back from his injury and just laying up the ice when he's been on it lately yeah well i mean every time like the first year he came in the playoffs he he had a lot of energy and he, he gives you that energy and he's he's got the natural scoring ability and a great shot and for his size and stuff he's just tenacious and and, yeah. and courageous and and then he, he just felt so bad for him last year and when he got hurt because he's, you know, he's working hard to, to climb up the ranks. He, you know, all these guys want to make in the, make it to the NHL, and that's, uh, you know, I've had my fair share of knee injuries, so it was, I, I felt bad for him. I actually went and talked to him the next day, and because I had the same, exact same knee injury, so it was like try to give him some hope for the yeah. future. But uh, he's he's played really well since he's come back. Like we talked about, he he adds that energy. He gives the offense a spark, which you know, early in the year we were struggling scoring. It seems like since he's been in the lineup. 
we're starting to you know get four or five goals a game and it's just that confidence that he's given the given the rest of the team and it's it's confidence but what i like watching about him is he's clearly having so much fun out there like he's so relieved and happy to be back that he's just playing with like a looseness that you can spot you know if you're in the last row of the building it's really been kind of fun to watch him uh, seize the opportunity to get back in there i think it's what three goals four points in four games and these have been big goals too i mean he forced overtime uh then the other day in toronto had a, had a big goal at the end of the game to put it away or against toronto anyway uh just he, he's looking like a guy that's really appreciative of being able to play and uh, it's great to see when guys get hurt they they understand wow this can all be taken away from me yeah and it can happen quickly so yeah, yeah. He, you can definitely see even even the week coming up to that first game you can just see when he was walking around full of smiles and just right. getting ready to go he's got a good personality down in the room from what it seems like especially i know he uh helps us with our pregame uh songs while the guys are all out there oh, doing right. their skates yeah. he's our dj i'm guessing he's probably the dj for the room too but yeah off the ice it seems like his personality <laughs> is just one they really appreciate down there too all right we're talking here on the monsters i view podcast it's episode four we are proudly presented by our friends at prop swap nicole del Villano, tony brown here with you talking today with cleveland hockey legend jock calendar and uh the monsters vice president i almost said it again vice president not senior vice president giving him a promotion of hockey affairs and team services anyway uh nicole it's about that time i think to transition over to our jock this is our signature segment on the podcast oh, okay just imagine you're out there at center ice it's time for the shootout you got your one shot on center stage here nicole's gonna hit you with three questions and uh give us your best shot i know these may your career may make this a little difficult so if you need a hot second to think about it it's fine but first one where was your favorite place you've ever played arena arena favorite arena oh that's a tough one well probably probably right here where we're we're sitting right now i mean (laughs) it was brand new when i played in the first first game in here it was it's always been a beautiful arena but then you look back at some of those old character barns or some oh yeah some great places one of the wild well, chicago stadium the old chicago stadium a lot of shivers in that building when we won the stanley <laughs> cup and the loudness of that that organ and the loudness of the crowd in that building is crazy and then two of my you know favorites because you know when i was a kid i watched hockey night in canada so i, I got play in uh, Maple Leaf Gardens and in before the Bell Center, the Montreal right. Forum. The Forum, yeah. And uh, when I walked into those two places, it was <laughs> it was crazy feeling. Yeah, you're outside your own body like, oh my gosh, I made it. Here I am. Unreal. Right. Okay. So um, up next, I know there's probably a few, but who's one former teammate that you're still in touch with and talk to a bit? Um, there's quite a few, actually. I, I, uh, Dave McCulloch, uh one of my better friends, uh, I talked to uh, Dave Oliver, who was a GM here. He wasn't really a teammate of mine, but I uh, talked to him quite a bit. Uh, Lane Lambert, who played here with uh, with me and the, with the Lumberjacks, he, he's the assistant coach in, in for the Islanders. Um, Jeff Christian, I did keep in touch quite a bit with Jimmy Paik until he's been over over in Korea, so it's a little time change, so it's a little tougher. <laughs> but there's still quite a few. I mean, the random ones, too, on, on Facebook and stuff now. There's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn that. So, <laughs> All right. And last one, taking, obviously winning the Stanley Cup out of it, what has been your favorite moment playing hockey in your career? Probably winning the championships in the minors. Um, you know, the Stanley Cup will s- still always be my f- my favorite, but I was a s- small part, whereas the 
the cups in in Muskegon. I played a lot of minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was a, oh yeah. And we had uh, we had great teams there, and we were fortunate enough to win two uh, two Turner Cups there, and uh, and uh, that was it. That was a great moment, also. Real quick before we wrap up here, L.C. Walker Arena in Muskegon. I only saw that when I was in the USHL with Omaha. Uh, so the building has obviously been around, you know, years past uh, when you played there. But I always liked that place. I mean, for folks that haven't been there, that that uh, I would imagine would be a real home ice advantage yeah it was great and and the the building probably when you saw it with the ushl had they had spruced it up because (laughs) our dressing room was the size of this room maybe it was uh (laughs) like you look at what what teams have now it's incredible but we like we had our washer and dryer and our training table and everything was in one room there was two shower heads it was (laughs) we had a fridge with beer (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah that was it was a great place we had good crowds and and the the ice was really good it was always ice was really always really good there yeah, I have fond, fond memories of that place. We didn't lose too many games in that place in the eight years I played there. No, I, my, my thing I always remember about that place, number one, it just seemed like, a, you know, for the home team at least, a great place to play. And number two, from the visiting radio position, there's this beam that goes right across the ice, and it takes out, unless you're leaning out over the edge of the press box, it takes yeah. out the entire defensive zone on one end. So there were a lot of, uh, you know. I've been up in that press box a couple, yeah. when I was injured a couple times. I <laughs> actually went up uh, with... Uh, Bob Heathouse. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Arizona. He was our radio guy. So I did a few interviews with him up uh, up there when I was injured. Yeah. So that was uh, the the first time I went up there. That was a little learning experience. You got to (laughs) lean a little bit. Anyway, uh, Jock, can't thank you enough. Great job. I think you nailed the shootout. Yeah, Yeah, did a good job. So connected on that. Thank you uh, for that. Thank you for the time today. It's great to just kind of uh, reminisce a little bit. And uh, for those that, you know, didn't know all that about your uh, storied career who think of uh, the Lumberjacks when they think of you i mean there's there's a whole lot of experience on all sides of the industry so thanks for sharing some of that with us well thanks for having me it's been fun yeah all right that is jock calendar for nicole delvolano i'm tony brown quick break we'll come back with more of the monsters i view podcast presented by prop swap Hey, Monsters fans, if you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Sellers across America list their sports bets for sale on PropSwap, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average PropSwapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Go to PropSwap.com and download the free PropSwap app. One final time on the Monsters I View podcast, proudly presented by our friends at Prop Swap with Nicole Delvolano, Tony Brown here with you. Jock Calendar, what can you say? I mean, uh, you barely have to prepare for a chat with Jocko. He's got so much good material. You just hit record and uh, there you go. It's an episode. Yeah, natural storyteller. Had a lot of name dropping in there too. I think it's probably <laughs> one of our uh, higher name drop episodes. He just knows so many people, played with so many people and just what an amazing career and just a great guy. Yeah, and these are... Uh, we might add, these are not like, hey, look who I know, name drops. Oh, no, these yes. These are factual. Like, you just had, who was on the team that year? Well, Mario Lemieux. Right. Yaramir Yager. Ron Francis. Like, j- unbelievable. Just casual photos he has up in his office at home. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, great to chat with Jocko. Uh, great to hear about all of his work that he does for the team. I mean, you name it, he's doing it. Um, and of course, really awesome for you to finally hear the wristwatch story. Yes. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Anyway, hopefully all you guys out there listening enjoyed it too. Uh, that should do it for episode number four. Nicole, thanks for everything. Another great job. Yeah, great job. Loved it. Can't wait for the next one. All right. Episode five will come your way uh, before you know it, but that'll do it for episode four of the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. For Nicole DelVolano, I'm Tony Brown. Thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.